number of years ago, I was introduced to a man that they called Hitman Hooks. And I said, why do they call him Hitman? Because of the tremendous accuracy of the prophetic word that he brings. And, and we became instant friends. A mutual friend of ours, Bishop Mark Filkey, I think he introduced us through Pastor Phil Morocco. And it has to be, it's got to be like 15, 17 years ago. It's a while. And uh, every time we get together, we laugh and have lots of fun. And I've had the great joy of preaching at his great church. And, and he's just become, he's a brother to me. And uh, just love you. And uh, he uh, pastors Restoration uh, Ministries there in Visalia, California. If you get a chance to go visit, you do that. I think they're on the web also. And you just, you just, you just brace your, brace your, look at your neighbor and say, hold on. Put your best hand clap together for Bishop Hooks. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, anybody. Lift your hands up, please. Father, we love you. We're grateful for your presence, your kindness. Thank you for what you have already done in this house. There is such a tremendous anointing here. You have brought people together for no other reason than your purpose. It's by no means an accident that we're here. You've planned this. You've caused us to execute it to some degree, but it's all your plans, and so we honor you. Pray that every life will be changed forever. I don't want one person to leave the way they came. Let there be tremendous transformation in faith and spirit and heart and mind and thought. All the praise belongs to you. Let's give him a thunderous praise, shall we? Thunderous. Come on. Better than the Super Bowl. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before you sit down, tell somebody I love you. There's not a thing you can do about it. That's not one thing. Tell somebody I love you. Can you turn this monitor up for me in the back? Can you turn this monitor up? Praise God. It is a delight to be here on this evening. We have a short time to spend with you. I, I have to tell you that I am very, very excited to see everybody, family, 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 from Maui to, um, of course, everybody knows um, the one and only, uh, Josh, who I love so much, Pastor Josh. Um, very incredible. Brother Mike, I met his precious wife, Michelle. And I have my youngest daughter with me tonight. Her name is Darlene. She believes that she is the best daughter. And she has many other daughters that are fighting about that. Sister, should I say? No daughters. I rebuke that. No daughter. Not, 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 not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Sisters. Sisters. And, of course, with all of us, Pastor Robert and many others that are here, if I missed you, I'm, I'm, I'm Minister and Pastor Trent, who I love, and then your pastor and first lady, who is incredible, who I happen to love a whole lot. We got the same haircut. Hello. Um, I absolutely love him. I want to go right into the word. Don't forget on tomorrow morning, of course, tomorrow night, 
these these prophetic conferences are really powerful they change lives and then of course on sunday morning sunday night then monday we're gonna have a great time let's go to the word shall we psalms 119 if you'll go there with me i want to look at a few passages of scripture i believe honestly and i say this with great conviction i believe that we are in one of the most profound times ever I really believe that. I, I know that there's a lot happening, a lot going on politically, and we get all that. There's a lot of social issues and a lot of things happening across the country and around the world as far as that. But God is in control of everything. One of the things that one of the things I, I, I am constantly reminded of is how great our God is. Now, let me let me just say this real quickly to most to most of you. I'm sure you'll understand this when I say this. Uh, God created you to believe him. I want you to, he created you for that. It, it's, it shouldn't be a strain unless something has affected your faith. But he created you to believe him. Can I have a little monitor, please? In the back, can I have a little monitor? Um, he created you, he created you to believe him. Let me, I want to make it plain. Listen very close. When God created Adam, Adam was of course, he was sterile. He can do nothing. He was already formed, but he had no breath, no life. Then God did something very, very powerful. It was very powerful. He breathed into him, and that breath transformed him into what is called a living soul. That soul had the ability to be intelligent, mind. It had the ability, the ability to choose. Will, yes. Mind, will, and emotions, all of the feel and all of the emotions. So when God breathed into Adam, he made Adam to be immediate in his will, his mind, and his emotions. You understand? Immediate. There was no, he came and said, okay, who you be, God? Who you is? Where you at? None of that. Immediate connectivity to his creator. It was not, it wasn't a matter he had to send him to school. He didn't have to raise up another pastor. Raise up a prophet. There was no five-fold ministry or what is considered in theology, actually four-fold. There was none of that at all. Immediate, he responded to God. Immediately. Opened his eyes and responded to him. First breath, God. Yeah. So, so it, kind of, it kind of blesses me to understand what God is doing with you. He has never intended to save you than have you walk in doubt. And, and, and it's so intense, it's so intense that nothing you go through is a threat to his plan. Nothing. Nada, that's Spanish, nada. I'm bilingual tonight. In other words, one of the things that's happening amongst believers, we're constantly having to, and I don't get upset when I say this, but we, 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 we kind of have these parties to try to help some of y'all believe over and over. You, you, like you've been in church, you know, since Adam. I mean, just forever in the day, and still struggle in faith as though it's awkward for you when in reality it should be natural for you to believe God. Since the Bible said in Hebrews 12 that looking unto Jesus, in the Greek it says looking unto him and no one else. You didn't get that? Come on, go with me. Looking unto Jesus, no one else. The author and finisher, our completer of our faith, Right? Looking unto him, the author and finisher of our faith. It's very important because when you give God your faith, you're only giving it to the one that gave it to you. And it's only right to give it to the one that gave it to you. 
So it's really important, in particular for some of you that's been struggling. You pray in doubt. Don't get upset with me, please. You even hear a word in doubt. And I shall bless thee. I don't know how you're going to do it. I'm just so messed up right now. <laughs> some of you even get a word in doubt. You hear a sermon and it's doubt. You go home saying, well, I hope it works for me. My fingers are crossed. I mean, there's some people you just want to run real fast so you can put your leg out and trip them. Just like you heard all of this word been in church for 15 years and still struggle to say, God, you're more than able. That's a trip, right? Speaking in tongues, fell out everything and still get up talking about, I hope it works. God created you so you can believe him. It is not normal nor natural for a believer not to believe. It's natural for you to believe. It's normal for you to wake up and say, God, what you going to do today? It's normal for you to wait. Even if people think you're crazy, so what? It's normal for believers to believe. So when you're dealing with believers that are not believing, we got a problem. When you're dealing with folks that are struggling to believe when they're not going through anything but what is common unto a man. They're not having supernatural trials every day. Just because you got runs in your nylons, don't blame it on the devil. You knew that tire was flat before you went to bed last night. You knew you had a bad battery in that car before you started it this morning. Ain't only you start, the devil got in my battery. No, no. This stuff is common. Some of us are shook by every little thing. You wake up in the morning, got a pimple on your nose, the devil, I rebuke this pimple. I'm, everything to you has some significance. And God is wanting to get us to isolate sanctify God in your heart to where nothing affects your faith because the one thing you're going to need right now and forever in this life is your faith so God is not interested in taking the heat out of the fire the wet out of the water he's not interested in just raising the valley so you can be comfortable in lowering the mountains no he's going to teach you that he's not only the God of the mountaintops but he's also the God in the plain he wants a constant, perpetual faith. He wants you to be, look at me, he wants you to be straight up crazy. Smile, please. Some of you said, well, I, I am a little bit. Okay, all right. He wants you to know that everything he says happens. Say it with me. Everything he says happens. Shout it again. Everything he says happens. So then why should we be so disturbed? Why are you walking around with no peace? Why you don't lose your job and your joy too? Did you know you can lose your job and still got joy? What, and I don't mean be happy. I'm talking about real, for, for real joy. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to be haunted. That's, that's a hundred for those of you that don't know, okay? Soul brother. 100%, everybody said, 100% believe in God. Lift your hands up now and confess it. 100%, I'll trust him. Say it again, 100%, I'll trust him. Hallelujah. Give me some monitor there. I don't have much monitor to come in out of this. Here we go. Psalms, let's read, 119. This is what it says, 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness continues throughout all generation. Thou dost establish the earth, and it stands 
they stand this day according to thine ordinances. For all things are thy servants. I want you to say it. All things are It's very important. If thou if thy if 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 thy law, law, law had not been my delight, then I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget thy precepts. For by them thou hast, get it, revived me. I want y'all to get up. You ready? Get on your feet. Get on up. Now, I just want to just warn you right now, you ain't got to be black to do what I'm getting ready to do. But some of y'all seem to think, oh, every, everybody black can run and everybody black can dance and everybody black can play basketball. Well, I cannot play basketball. You do not want me on your basketball team. So it's not a black thing. But I want you to have some kind of attitude tonight. Because some of you, when you walked in, you walked in, I hope he got a word from me. Well, I do have a word for you. Listen close. Believe God. And some of you are just a belief away from a manifestation beyond anything that has been holding you back. So here's what I want you ready. Hurry, because I got to preach. You ready? Here we go. You got to hurry and do it. Go ahead and shake yourself. Go on. Go on. You ready? I want you to find the nearest aisle, and I want you to walk. You got to walk, though. Don't sit in the back and, and wait for somebody to walk for you. So I expect these aisles to be filled in for about mm, 30 seconds. You ready? I want you to walk around. I got this in Jesus' name. I got this. In Je- go on. I got this in Jesus' name. Come on, mamas. Come on. I got this in Jesus' name. I got this. That's right. That's right. I got this. That's right. Hello. Hello. I got this. Had it not been for your precepts. Hello. Give somebody a high five and tell them God's doing this thing right now. Now have a seat. In the book of Romans, come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. In the book of Romans, Paul says in the first chapter, first verse, Paul, a bondservant of Christ, Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, listen, set apart for the gospel of God. I want to be very, very clear. I have very few, just a few minutes. It is so crucial for the church to understand where their faith is, why their faith is, and what to do with their faith. I have watched people from some, I mean, many years, but I've watched believers. I mean, people that you've nurtured, you've prayed for, you've prayed with, you've prayed over, you've preached to, you've counseled. I've watched the inconsistency, not in attendance, but something more personal, something more intimate. I've watched many believers do the up and the down thing, where one moment or one season or one week or one month, they're in with all faith, because you can come to church without using your faith. It is possible to come to church and not believe a thing that's being preached. What I believe is going to happen in these next few years is, I'm just going to sound crazy, 
I believe God's people are going to rise in the level of faith that we've not seen in many years. What happened at Azusa didn't happen because people were sitting on their hands. What took place in the book of Acts, just a simple act of faith. Go to the upper room. They were tempted to stand there and keep looking up. And somebody had to say, hey, dude, hey, 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 go do what he told you to do. God is always kind to remind us. But when they got there and they had to wait for several days, seven to ten days, according to history, and they waited there. And in that seven to ten days, they were able to focus, not one or two or three, but 100% of them focused. And the Bible said that every one of them was not only in one place, but they were in one mind and in one accord. These people was in one building, listen, and when the Holy Ghost fell on them, 100% of them got this thing. It was not partial because, you know, God doesn't partially give you himself. He doesn't partially do something for us. I mean, his commitment to us is all or nothing. So when he seeks to do something for us, please hear the principle. He is requiring, and particularly in this age when there is so much philosophical foolishness concerning who he is. I've never seen so much craziness as I'm seeing today. Crazy stuff. It's philosophical, and it's the kind of philosophy that don't lead to Christ-likeness. It's just opinions, just a pool of opinions where everybody gets to throw in and give what they think and how they think. It's really weird. It's just, it's just weird. It's strange. We can sit down and just, we can just, you know, just throw things around. No real respect for what God says. This is just how, you know how it is. Well, my personal, nobody cares about your personal opinion. Your personal opinion means nothing, period. Put them up, put them up. The reality is that God seeks to bring the body of Christ up under the power of the gospel. Paul said, I am a servant of this gospel. This gospel is not a gospel that you and I originate. Truth is never something that we originate. We only discover it. It has to come by God. There's two kinds of revelations in scripture. Two. Two. There's what is called general revelation in theology. General revelation. Paul talks about this in the book of Romans, the first chapter. General revelation that God has put in nature to speak and testify of his wonders and his goodness. It's general revelation. Then there's what is called personal revelation. That's when God has, choose, has chosen to disclose something about himself as in the gospel or the word of God. He chooses to reveal something about himself to us. That is called revelation. It's important for us to get this. We need to get this, please. It is wonderful that God is speaking to the entire world, the entire world through creation. It's absolutely marvelous that we can look up and see the sun shining and it has nowhere to pluck itself into. It's amazing that the world is moving the way that it is at the speed that it is. It's just amazing that the earth is what it is on its axle. Nobody can really comprehend that. It's just a God thing. And when you read Psalms 119, you read that you said this and this thing stands because you said it. 
It's amazing. This is called, this is what it's called, and it's real simple. It's general revelation where God can speak. There's a person perhaps that never known God, never heard the gospel before. He's never had a Benny Hinn come to a meeting over in Africa or India somewhere. He don't know anything about what, we, we've got Bible bookstores and we have D, uh, DVDs and CDs. We got, oh my God, we got anything. We can just sneeze and find a Bible somewhere. But these people never heard the gospel and they've been praying to this tree stump for Forever. And after praying to it, one day something irritates them. The Holy Spirit deals with them. They don't even know the language. They don't know the, the vernacular. They, they don't know how to pray the way some of us do, real professional. Oh, Heavenly God, Father God. They don't know any of that at all. They, they don't know anything about that at all, period. All they know is that for all their life they've been praying to this tree stump and nothing has happened. Finally, the Holy Spirit irritates them, deals with them. They feel something going on, and it's not because of a man. They've never heard the gospel at all in con in concerning the way we have. But somewhere they say, I'm tired of hitting this tree stump. Now, whoever you are, whoever made all of this, I'm looking up to you. Help me. They've never heard the name of Jesus. But the general revelation says something to them. I didn't get here on my own. I didn't make myself. Somebody is in charge of all of this. And whoever you are, general revelation. And then the personal revelation in which we're so privileged to have the insight of God's heart and his thoughts. And it is so amazing that he has chosen to reveal his thoughts to us, even though we may not want it. We may not even, some of us can't even enjoy what God has revealed about himself. Some of us, we have trouble when, when God has revealed certain things. We, you know, God tells you to love somebody. He said, I know, look, I love the word, but that verse, you don't know how much Sister Manudo hurt my feelings. I'm telling you, I know the Bible said to forgive people, but, I, you know, uh, one time, two times, three times, she out. Some of us don't enjoy what God has revealed about himself because when God reveals his mind, ladies and gentlemen, we should be privileged to have any thought that God has revealed. Anything he has exposed us to about himself because his word is eternal. There's nothing like the word of God. It's so powerful until even Jesus, when he was being tempted, he was the one that said, it's written. He believed in everything because how many of y'all know he's the word? So when he said, it is written, thou shalt not, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's not something we just quoted because we quote it. Ladies and gentlemen, there's life in that word. There's nothing like the word of God. Lift your hand up. You're grateful for the word. So I'm very grateful. I'm very, I'm very, very, very grateful that God has revealed to us not just what is called general revelation, but he loved us so much that he sent the word to us. And he intends for us to hear. As a matter of fact, if I may say this without offending anybody, it's not good enough to just be churchy. And I know some of us are churchy. We know how to do the church thing. Some, come on, y'all. Y'all, listen, 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 Linda, listen. We know how to do the church thing. But man, God is looking for some folks that will glue their ears to his lips and will hear his word and be moved in their faith to know that God is who he says he is. Lift your hand up if you know he's everything that he says he is. And as a matter of fact, while your hand is lifted, you might as well open your mouth and give him a shout. He's everything. And so what God does, he begins to draw us into this life, this life that is filled with life. He begins to win and gain our attention. 
not because he's trying to make you a good old church person. He wants you to be a crazy believer. He wants you to believe everything that he said. I mean, crazy stuff. Listen, what would, what, would, what would happen to many of us had we would have believed God in those areas that we ran from? Well, I had one lady come to me one time. It was so funny. She came to me. She said, uh, Pastor Hooks, I'm just wondering if you can pray with me and believe with me. I said, well, what do you believe in? She said, not nothing yet, but I'm just wondering if you can just. I said, well, well what do you mean believe with you? You ain't believing that. Well, it's just been kind of hard for me to believe, but I just figured since you're the man of God, maybe you can help me out. I said, Okay, here we go. What? What? What is it you need? She began to tell me, describe to me what she was talking about. I said, okay. I said, let's believe God. I said, but I want you to believe too because has God done anything against your belief? Is there something that he's failed in? Is there, is there something that he's, you know, is there something he lied to you about? No, but I'm just having a hard time to believe. It took me, I'm, it took me, listen, at least 45 minutes to set her down because this is not the time where a dab will do you. This is the time somebody needs to set you down and begin to reintroduce you to the truths of how great your God is. So I sit her down for about 45 minutes, one verse after the other verse, after the other verse, after the other verse, and begin to build her faith and just really begin to release the word into her spirit because the enemy is after stealing that word. He does not want you to be a word-driven people. He does not want you to believe what God has said. So after we talked, you know, I mean, at least 45 minutes, just kind of like really just one thing after the other. Just, I mean, I, I, I felt annoying. Have you ever been talking to one person? You felt that annoying. I, 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 boy, I just, whoo, I want to have church. She didn't even have to say amen. I was, man, I was, I, I was so anointed. I preached to myself. I was, Lord Jesus, I wanted to give my own offering to myself. Pray for myself and catch myself. I just heavy anointed. Oh, yeah. Every now and then something happens when you're talking to just one. So I said, I said, okay. I said, here's the deal. I said, let's do this. Let, let's, let's, let's believe God now. And boy, her faith was built. I said, yes, sir. Let's believe God. Pastor, let's, let's believe God. We started praying. Man, just God, you're going to do this in the name of Jesus. She has 24 hours. This thing is going to happen. It is your word. You promised and on and on and on. And it was great. It was great. The next morning, I totally forgot about, about things. The next morning, I got a call early in the morning. I mean, early in the morning. She calls me early in the morning and said, you, you, you up? You, I'm, I wasn't. I was not up. I was not. She said, well, you, I got some news for you. I said, well, okay. Um, all righty then. I wanted to say, can you call me in a few hours? She said, no, I got to tell you what happened. Let me do it. And she began to describe what God had begun to do for her. I mean, she was lit up. She was just, I mean, nothing could any longer hold her. Now, I, wanna I want you to listen to this because some of you, we kind of exchange God's word, trying to find inspiration in other places. There's nothing that will ever affect your faith like God's revealed word to you. Nothing will, listen close to me, Linda, listen, Linda. Nothing will ever affect your faith or build your faith like the word. I'm going to say this. Don't get upset. Some of us no longer really read. We are illiterate. We have so many people in churches that don't read until it is apps. It makes me weep to see so many believers that have time for everything else. They spend more time putting on their makeup. They spend more time getting their toes done and their hair done. It's just unbelievable how so many people seem to have so much time for everything else will not settle down and read the revealed word. They don't understand what it costs to get that word to them. They don't understand the lives that have literally 
died to get us the word. They don't understand what has bridged us from what is ancient to what is modern. You don't understand the blood that has been shed so you can have this revealed word. And so for us to ignore it or for us to get to a place where we're so emotional, we don't any longer have the respect or the regard or the fear or the reference. I'm telling you in the next few years or in the next few months, the next few weeks, the next few days, you're going to find God beginning to build you bring you to a place where nothing's more important than hearing a word from God. How many of y'all know that his word works and he never fails? So the idea is understanding real clearly then that God is really dealing with us to, to take a position that this writer did over in Psalms 119. And the position was, you spoke this thing and the earth is still standing. Nothing can compete with the word of God. I don't care who or what. I don't care what the enemy is. I don't care what he said. I don't care anything about his boast. If God said that thing, then it must happen and it must come to pass. Is there any believers in this house right now? Open your mouth if you're a believer. So the idea is that this is our tradition. This tradition is given to us. Paul is saying in the Romans, the, the first chapter, he is saying, I've been called as an apostle, set apart. Listen to me. You have been set apart. Listen close. You've been set apart. You are sanctified unto him to bear a gospel. The gospel, not any kind of gospel in the book of Galatians. He said, listen, if an angel come to you preaching any other gospel, let it be a curse. The Greek word is anathema. Let it be divinely cursed by God. He said, if I come preaching to you another gospel than what I originally preached to you, let me be a curse. There's nothing more powerful than the gospel in this age. I don't care what you hear. I don't care what modernists come and tell you. The Bible is not the Bible. We don't have to. Are you Have you lost your mind? There's nothing more powerful than the word of God. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I am a gospel preacher. I'm glad that I can lift my hands, lift my voice up and say, the gospel works. There's nothing like the power of the gospel. If you believe that, shout now. I dare you to. Oh, there's nothing like the power of God's word. And for some of you to walk around being in church older than dirt with no joy, no peace, you have nothing inside of you that drives you. Listen, your problem isn't that you need another good job or you need another good man or you need another good weave or you need another good uh, whatever on your nails. You don't need a cross on your nails. You don't need a heart on your big thumb. You don't need somebody to just polish that big toe of yours. You need to get on your face and say, God, impact me with the gospel again. You don't just need a new car, a new house. You need to say, God, my joy is gone because I've let go. Be honest and tell them I'm not reading the way I used to. Be honest and tell them I've lost my drive. Be honest and tell them I'm not standing in your word. Be honest because it's in that honesty that God is able to take you and reform you and deliver you and transform you. It's in that honesty that you're going to find yourself on your knees and God is going to heavily begin to deliver you from all of the stuff that has been interfering and sabotaging you reading and believing. The devil is a liar. We got gospel people right here in Alaska that believes every word that God has said. If God said it, you can believe it. If God said it, then you better believe it's going to come to pass. If God said it, he'll bring every word. Shout now. I dare you. Shout. 
Yes! So, oh yes, we're being attacked heavily all over the country. We've got preachers now that are preaching the stupidest stuff. Don't have the guts to preach the truth because they're feeling the impact of the world and legislation. New laws and new things now that are in place. So they don't want to preach the gospel. They might lose their crowd. Well, I don't know if you've learned this, but there's a difference between the crowd in the church. Uh, he said, up on this rock, I'm not going to build a crowd. Up on this rock, I will build my church. Yes, I expect the world to hate me because of preaching the gospel. I expect the world to disagree with me because I'm a preacher of the gospel. I expect the world to persecute me because I'm a gospel-preaching, Bible-thumping, God-believing. Yes, I expect the world to tell me I'm crazy. I expect the world to not disagree, to disagree with me. I expect the world to hate my stand that I believe the word of God. I expect it. I'm not walking around believing that everything is going to be honky-dory. Everybody's going to like me because I've got, a, I've got some kind of license from somewhere to preach. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to find in these last days, people will abandon the gospel. They're so afraid to believe God. They will become cowards. As the Bible said, apostasy will literally settle in their minds and in their heart. They want the applause of people. They want people to pat them on the back. They, they want to be a preacher that nobody talks bad about. They want to be a preacher that don't go to prison or a preacher that's not drawn into court. They want to be somebody that everybody likes and everybody loves. But I want you to know that Paul laid his head down one day and he understood that his last sermon would be a sermon that would bring life to the people that would read it, for the people that would hear it. He knew one day that he would have to lay his head down and his head would be chopped off. But he believed in the gospel. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed. Laugh if you want to. Throw rocks if you want to. But I know that the gospel lives. I know that God does what he says. And if it's in the book, I can dance right now. If it's in the book, I can rejoice right now. If it's in the book, I can testify. If it's in the book, I can enjoy him right now. And for those of us that are suffering and we're dealing with things emotionally, looking for somebody to rescue us, using church as some kind of escapism, trying to find our footing in a church that has no requirements, as though this is a crossless Christianity, as though it is a Christianity without portions, as though it's a Christianity without suffering. Oh, don't you know the Bible said in the book of John, the 16th chapter, 33rd verse, in the world you shall have tribulation, but don't stress it. I've overcome the world. In other words, some of us were looking for church for escapism. We just want the church to put our families together. We just want the church to bless our finances. We want to walk in the church, hear a word and walk out, and that's it. But I'm telling you, it's about to change because there is a hatred and a hostility for preachers today. There's a hatred and hostility for those that bear the gospel today. It's not like it was back in the day when preachers can be preaching and people ever, everywhere would respect you. Oh yeah, he's a pastor here. Oh yes, he's a great man. 
man of God. Oh yeah, that's the reverend over there. It's not that way any longer. It's a different kind of feel in the nation. They're turning against the church. They're thinking that we are way back and we got to come up to date. They're thinking that there's something that needs to happen when it comes to us preaching the gospel. Preach another gospel. Preach something else, but don't preach the gospel. But Paul said in 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, he said, there is another gospel. Yes, there is. There is also another Jesus. There is. And there is another spirit. There is. But he was warning them, and yet at the same time, encouraging them to understand that there is a counterfeit. You don't know light because of darkness. You don't know truth because of a lie. You know darkness because of light. You know you know, you know, you know, you know, getting well that a lie is based on the fact that God has revealed the truth. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, understand this clearly. I don't care who come along. I don't care how good they skip. I don't care if they sing and the angels, it sound like an angel. I can care less if they can preach the paint off of the walls. If they preach another gospel, you've got to abandon that. There is only one gospel and this gospel produces faith. Shout right now. Shout. No, no, no. Shout right now. Like, shout. Shout right now. I had somebody say to me, he said, well, the problem that you have, Bishop, the problem that you have is that you keep preaching the same old thing. But you just need new revelation. Yeah, what kind of revelation you want me to have? You want me to have the kind of revelation where women get to wear, get to marry women? What kind of revelation you want me to have? What do, what do you want me to do? You want me to have that, you want me, I know you want me to have that sick of weed smoking revelation. You, you want... You, you want me to have the revelation where you can have communion without the bread. I get it. You want me to have the revelation that doesn't require anything. It reminds me of when they took the gold and melted it down. And oh man, it just tripped me out. Just totally tripped me out. Moses is up there hearing something from God. God's talking to Moses. These people don't lost their mind. They down there, Moses been gone for 40 days. 40 days gone for four, hearing from God. And now you got these people down there impatient. He been gone. We ain't seen Moses in a long time. He went in church Sunday. He went to church Wednesday. Something going on. We got to have something that's going to solidify who we is. We got to have somebody or something we can see. And here come Aaron, the brother of Moses, the guy that carried the staff, the guy that spoke in Moses' place. He said, okay, guys, let's have an offering. Y'all give me your earrings. Give me your jewelry. So they get the jewelry from the children. Get the jewelry of the fathers and the mothers. Put it together. And they get this gold. And they melt the gold down. Tripping me out. When I was reading, I was going like, these people must have lost their mind. They must be crazy. How can you, Aaron, after hearing God, watching what God just got from coming. You know this is crazy. You came over the Red Sea, got all of the plagues, God has kept you through it all, and you got the audacity to try to make an image, you got to be crazy. I said it, I said it, you got to be crazy. Do you know these people, they melted down the gold. Aaron, and here's the thing that got me, after they get the gold melted down into this bull. As a matter of fact, I'm writing a bull called God Hates the Bull Shift. And he hates the bull shift. I'm just saying if you wouldn't ask, I wouldn't have told you. But since you asked about the book, I told you. So the idea, though, it's, real, it's a trip. Because now he's melted down the gold. Trip now. He takes this, this bull. And any time you deal with religion, there's always something shifting. Always. When you deal with religion. 
when you deal relationship, there's a steadiness. It's something that's dependable, reliable. He takes the bull and he lifts the bull up and he makes a proclamation. And he says, this is the God that delivered you. He could have done anything, but this is what he said. This is the God that delivered you from Egypt. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is where we are today. People are melting. It's a melting pot when you think of people's opinions and you think of their philosophies. People are melting down, forming a religion, forming something that people can look to and look at, something they can touch. Listen to me. I want y'all to get this because in a few minutes, I think we're going to have a little dance attack. I, know, I didn't ask you if you can dance. Just move. If you can't keep no rhythm, just borrow somebody else's. But, but I'm telling you, it just blows my mind. How in the world do you watch God do what he does and then ask for something tangible? What is the problem? Now, listen, don't get upset because some of you now, you're suffering with it right now. You cannot seem to find anything relevant in life because there's nothing tangible. It's like the enemy has reduced your faith to only what you can see. You have no idea that you're so close to the miraculous. You don't get it. God is about to open something up to you you have never experienced in your life. And the enemy is trying to get you addicted to only what you can see. Well, let me just say this to you. We know good and well that don't work in the kingdom. I said that don't work in the kingdom. Tap somebody and tell me, you heard me. That does not work. Listen, God does what you cannot see with your natural eye. I had a woman not too long ago. She was healed. She was healed of cancer. You know, God does some amazing things, of course. And, and I, but it was interesting because she, she didn't really want anybody to pray for her. I, and, and so she came to me and she said, look, I, you see this on my back? I said, yes. She said, well, you know, they're saying that that's malignant. I said, really? She said, so well, let me pray for you. She said, oh, no, you don't have to pray for me. I already know I'm healed. I said, all right, go on, girl. All right, all right. So she walks, she walks. She puts her little praise on that night. Still had that hump on her back. But she gave her, she, listen, she made that hump give God some praise. That hump found some, it found some rhythm. Hey, hey. See, see y'all don't know anything about the kind of praise where I came from, y'all. Y'all see, y'all don't know. Y'all don't y'all don't y'all don't know about you see some y'all some y'all 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 don't some y'all don't know. The prayer I came from the don't y'all don't know about that. Y'all but y'all know this. Y'all know that. Y'all know that. You know that. You know, you know. You know, you know, because some of y'all you don't know when when back in the day, back in the day, back in the day, oh no, it was it was head and shoulders. Y'all don't know about that. Y'all don't know about that. No, y'all just, you know, I, that new, this new modern music is just here. But this lady, she put on a serious groove. Her in that hump on her back started praising God. Oh, yeah, she, she put some praise. Hey, she made, the, she made that cancer praise God. That big old growth on her back had to give glory. She went home and went to sleep. And while she was asleep, God reached down and took the cancer out of her body. She came to church. She came to church like this. I'm standing there. I'm, I'm standing there. And she, and she, and she does like this. I'm standing there and she standing just like this. She goes. She said, Pastor, you see anything different? I said, no. (laughs) 
said, what is wrong with you? He said, I ain't got that growth. I said, hey! The growth is gone. We started rejoicing. Listen, some of you still waiting for a man of God, somebody tangible that'll lay empty hands on that empty head. You waiting for a prayer cloth and a gallon of anointing oil. You waiting for somebody to do something for you and you've forgotten about the power of the gospel. Every now and then, God will make sure that the phone is busy and you can't get a hold of nobody. Every now and then, he'll isolate you and it's just you and him. And you've got to believe God for yourself. Oh, I'm grateful for church. Grateful for the man of God. But they can't be with me 24-7. But the gospel is good 24-7. Do I got anybody here with a faith attitude? An attitude of faith. Go ahead and shake that head of yours and say, I got this. I hope some of you shake the wig off. There is something God is trying to get us focused on, and it's the gospel. Where did we lose the focus of the gospel? And when we are in one of the greatest times ever where they're challenging us because we believe the gospel. The gospel now is so offensive. They hated Jesus so much that every breath that he breathed insulted them. They hated him. They wanted to beat the breath out of him, kill him, get rid of him. They hated Stephen so much that they ran upon him. They couldn't stand him breathing. Him breathing. The gospel is so powerful that it assaults the enemy. Even in Christ's death, he was beating the devil up. You would think that, oh my God, he's on the cross. He's so weak. Are you kidding me? On the cross, that was the seat of authority. And it wouldn't have fight against him and the enemy the way we would think. He didn't hang on the cross and say, devil, you wait till I get off. I'm going to get you back. You just wait. I hate the devil. He was too busy pleasing the father. When you please the father, believe me, your enemy is defeated. The gospel helps you be focused. Some of y'all get mad and believe in God. I'm going to go ahead and believe God. Give just a shenane. I hate the devil. It ain't about you and the devil. It's about you pleasing the Father. That's why you read Psalms 119. It was addressing him. When you read Jesus, it's about, it's about him and the Father. Some of you so fixed on demons and devils, you wake up in the morning and yawn and smell your own breath and say, the devil. Well, that might be true, but that's not the point. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. See, smile at me, please. Even if you don't like me, smile anyway. The gospel is where we find our authority. We don't find our authority in just a bunch of philosophy. And some of us, we have, I don't know why. I don't know what it is that you don't read as much. No take in. You'll fuss with your husband and never find yourself in scripture. Act a fool with your children and never find your place as a parent in scripture. It's what Oprah said. It's what everybody else, Dr. Phil, I have nothing against any of them. But we gravitate to anything but the word. We are facing a trouble and we gravitate to everything but the word. It seems like something has sabotaged our ability to hold that word and say this is the gospel. It's not, it doesn't just mean good news. In the Greek in critical study, it doesn't just mean good news. It means good news from God. 
It was good news when you got a job, but that didn't save you. It was good news when you did a lot of things. But this good news comes. It gives you the origin from which it comes. Good news from God. This is why the gospel has an effect that nothing else has. Nothing. So when God empowers us, this is why Paul said what he said. I have been sanctified, set apart for the gospel. Not just about God, but from the gospel that comes from God. Understanding this principle. You can stand up against anything. One person said to me one time, said, I just don't believe it's going to happen. I said, listen, I said, you don't understand what my foundation is. She said, but do you have the money? I said, I don't. My daddy do. She looked at me and she said, you just being super spiritual. And I said, and you being super carnal. Hello. Don't be tripping on me. Don't even get me. Don't even let. Don't do it. She was upset because I was believing God for something that she said could not happen. You can irritate people with that kind of thing. You believe in God for great things. They said, well, let's be practical now. You go, okay, it was practical for Jesus to walk on water. It was practical for him to cast demons out. It was just practical for him to walk up and say, Lazarus, come forth. It was all based on practicality. Are you slow or retarded? That's not how it works. The way it works is God does what our eyes can't see. Because it's all a part of the operation and administration of the gospel. Yes, you get on people's nerve when you believe God. When you stand for the gospel. Yes, your name will be in the paper when you stand for God. Yes, you will make enemies because the gospel, the gospel will sanctify you for a purpose and for a job that people said you're not qualified for. One lady came to me and told me, said, my husband is so full of the devil, I'm leaving him. I said, it looked like he left you a long time ago. You just stand in the house. You are so religious, you forget the power of the gospel. You think that God wants to save your husband for you. You're not that important. He wants to save your husband for him. God has a plan for that nappy-head husband of yours. He has a plan for that dope-smoking husband of yours. He has a plan for that husband that's bound with pornography. You're walking around acting super deep, and you don't understand the power that you have. You have forgotten about the power of the gospel. When you wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Jesus, the devil say, dang. He hates when you got a praise falling off your lips. He hates when there's a worship in your heart. He hates when you lift your hands and bless God and your praise is based on the gospel. Where you actually know that God is going to do. Now, here's the thing and I'm closing. You cannot believe, you cannot believe and disappoint God. Here's what it says, Hebrews 11th chapter. We all know the verse. When you go to the sixth verse, without faith it's impossible. Now, some of you are trying to please God without faith. You're, trying, you're working. You're serving. Yes, you're even giving. You're doing stuff, listen, but without faith. You rather attempt to please God with your service. Attempt to please God looking churchy. You know, because you know some people wear their church, their church clothes. Church clothes. Church clothes. These are not just shoes. These are church shoes. I bought them at J.C. Penney's in the church department. <laughs> this is not just a haircut. It's a church haircut. I told my barber, give me the church deal. 
These are not just any kind of clothes. These are church clothes. This is a church tie. These are church cufflinks and a church shirt. Yes. I have on church clothes. We stand in the back and we serve. This is my church service. This is my church vernacular, hallelujah. Glory a Dios. This is me shining and glimmering because of church. And God is going like, you're doing all that stuff without what really pleases me. What really pleases me is your faith. People by the groves are trying to please God in their service. Please God in their looks. Please God in how they act. And they want to be so proper. Somebody tell a joke. Don't tell that joke. <gasps> You're going to hell. <laughs> Satan is all on you. Rebuke you now. Hail Mary full of grace in all y'all. <laughs> you going to the lake. And I'm not talking about the lake in Alaska. You going to that other lake. You know. It has more than steam in it. All of the church stuff. Church, we know how to do it. Hello, how are you? God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. How are you doing? God bless you. God keep the Lord. The, listen, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Not hallowed be thy name. Hollywood be thy name. Your kingdom come will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. Give me today my daily bread, McDonald's. I am hungry. We're trapped. We know how to put church on anything. Some of you sit at the dinner table and, and, and have church. Pass me uh, the black eyed peas. Oh, Lord. And give me uh, the butter for my bread. Hurry up, boy, before I whoop you. We use church for everything. I told you. Yes, I did. Take out the trash. Take it out. Ah. We got the church stuff. We can do it. So we got all of the stuff. We got it organized. And God is saying, none of that's pleasing me. Not one thing you're doing. Because you're trying to please me without faith. And everyone that comes to me must believe. They must believe that I am a rewarder of those that diligently, get this, seek, not service, not being self-righteous, not being churchy, they seek me. The very thought that the gospel will produce a faith in you. Love will put faith to work, but the gospel produces a faith. God said, that's what pleases me is your faith. Lift your hands up if you're ready for God to do something crazy around you. Open your mouth for a moment. Come on. Open up. Open that mouth. Open that mouth up. Tell them you love them. Some of us have been in church. God's been trying to employ your faith. Your faith is now in the unemployment line. 
You've been through all kind of stuff, and you're blaming your lack of faith because you don't know what I've been through. I've been through it all. It's been hell and hot water. God's got a, I've got a past that I don't have to use my faith. A woman came to Jesus that was bleeding, hemorrhaging, have more faith than some of us that have great health. She knew what it was like to press through the crowd. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. You got a home, family. You're blessed and still have challenges to believe God on a minimal level. God said, watch what I do. I'm going to let the gospel loose in your life. You're about to get to hospitals and pray for people and see results. You're about to see results in your families with your children. God's going to deliver your babies. You're going to watch God begin to break off the deficit of your children. Deliver your babies. Cast the spirit of drugs out of your house and alcoholism. Anybody here can believe God for that. But you can't bring just the word. You got to say, God, my faith. Come on, since it belongs to him, lift your hand up and say, God, my faith belongs to you. You gave it to me. I'm giving it back to you. Stand up real quickly. Listen, this is going to be crazy. But enough is enough. Go on and say it. Enough is enough. Look at somebody and scream at them and say, I said enough is enough. Tell them right now, use your faith. Tell them, don't be bluffing the devil. Don't be playing church. Use your faith. By the word of God, God established everything. His word is forever settled in the heavens. Listen, his word is forever settled in the heavens. The earth testifies, the heavens testify. Listen, David said, I heard it said twice to me that God spoke once and he has all power. It belongs to him. It concerns me, listen, it concerns me that some of you here right now, you're struggling to believe in God said, I've given you more than general revelation. I've given you personal revelation of who I am. How many of y'all know he's pretty awesome? There's none like him. I don't use that word awesome lightly. I don't. I know today is just whatever. There is no one that is awesome like God. God is awesome. Lift your head up and worship our awesome God. Worship our awesome God. If you've been struggling, and I want to say this to you, if you've been struggling, I want you to be honest. First of all, this ministry is a ministry of faith. You know how, you know how Pastor Daniel... You, do you know how the Brackens got here? Do you understand that they didn't come here because people were, were just going, I'm going to make sure they, get, they got here because they're people of faith. You know what I respect about their call is that they can be anywhere. Pastor, listen, Pastor Brackens came to our church and preached. I can't wait for Pastor Joshua, of course, and Pastor Robert and course brother Mike he's gonna I don't know where he is but I know I want I want them all to come they're men of faith they're crazy men of faith they didn't come they didn't get where they are because that it was easy 
Some of us, we want God to take away the threat before we believe him. Get rid of the bad, then I can believe you. That's not the conditions that faith works in. Faith works when there's opposition. There has to be opposition to faith. That's why it's called a shield. Because there's fiery darts. It's really important to understand that faith is not faith because you got plenty of money in the bank. And you got a bunch of friends. Faith is to work when everything else is going crazy. So I'm going to ask you a question because some of us don't read no more. You go to Bible study and you know all of that, and that's great. But you don't read after that. You hear a good sermon, but you have no notes. You don't go home and really reference. You don't bring it in. You don't bring it home. You just wait for the next service. So the church is used as escapism. There's no real reality of what faith does. I remember when they went to the hospitals and brought people out of the hospitals to church to get healed. I remember. I watched one particular lady said in our, in, a, in our meeting, came in and laid down on the front row, stricken with cancer. Stage four, they brought her in and laid her down on the front row. Dying. Under 90 pounds, laying there, skin and bones. And, and it was in the message. She grasped faith. She heard one thing, and her eyes opened up. And I saw her hand move, and I went down to her, and I said, in Jesus' name, get up. That quick, she set up. She began to walk around the church alone. When she went to the doctors, the doctors thought that something was wrong with their machines. She gained weight. And she died a few years ago. She was in her early or late 40s, maybe her beginning 50s. She died a few years ago. She was 80-something years old. Faith means to entrust. Faith is not, well, you know, I believe God. No, 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 no. Faith is not intellectualism, but it is an act of the intellect. In other words, faith means I entrust myself. Everything that I am, every day, every trial I go through, everything I suffer, I trust you. Lift your hand up and say, I believe you, God. And some of you, you've got children, you use them for a reason why you don't breathe. You got a job, well, you know, I, I work all day long. I ain't got no time to read the gospel until you lose that job. Then you start, oh, Lord, I need to find something now. The church don't have an option when it comes to faith. It's not optional for us because we're supernatural people. We believe in a supernatural God. Wave your hands and say hallelujah. So I want you to be honest. I want you to be straight up honest. Maybe you have a child, a husband, a loved one that's acting out of character. Something is going wrong and it shook you. Somewhere you laid your word down and you put your faith in the unemployment line. You've forgotten that everything that stands today is because of his word. Everything. That's what I read out of Psalms 119. Everything because of what he said. And you need God to do something in your faith. That's what I love about prophetic conferences. God ignites faith. You call the preach, call the minister, call to do something in the church, but you just can't give service without faith. You want to give your service, render your service, but render it with faith. Couple it with faith. Cover it with faith. 
surround it with faith because God is ready to mess Alaska up big time oh he's going to drop people to their knees legislation is going to drop to their knees and say God is real Alaska is going to be a place and God said this many years ago how that the move of God would move from Canada down through Alaska how that it would move down into Seattle and to Oregon and into California this is 20 something years I never forgot that word God is doing something in Alaska it's now a place of measuring what God is going to do for the rest of the country in many many ways do you understand this so you got to be a people of faith you can't whine you can't walk around whining well it's been so rough rough nothing put your faith to put your faith to work take your faith out of that unemployment line put it to work God gave you faith so it would work stop whining about my child driving me nuts I wish God would save him take me on Jesus I can't take it no more I just want to just go home and be with you if we all had a vote we all probably want you to go home but you're here shut up we're stuck with you stop whining pull it together that was mean huh pastor told me to say it pastor Josh did we are people of faith lift your hands up and believe God for Alaska we are people of faith wherever you have me whatever any way that I'm serving I'm serving in faith open your mouth now and say God our country belongs to you our state belongs to you you're doing something right now I can't see it but you're doing it I believe what my eyes cannot see open your mouth now open your mouth now open your mouth right now Oh, open your mouth right now. I want you to be honest. If you've not been in your word, now I know this sounds old school, forgive me if it offends you. But if you have been avoiding reading, taking in, because you can't give out what you're not taking in. You can't stir up a pot of beans if the beans ain't in the pot. You need that word in you. Pastor Bracken is not pastoring to babysit you. At one point, you got to grow up. Everybody get their stripes. Stop whining about what you're going through. Everybody get their stripes. You know what I mean when I say stripes, right? Everybody go through something. Everybody has their own testi testimony, right? There's a difference between testimony and testimony. We got testimonies. So if you've been struggling, I want you to be honest there's something holding you back I want you to be sincere say man I gotta get I gotta pull this thing together man I've got to believe God there's too much at risk if that's you take your hand and lift it up high do not hesitate lift it up high I don't care if it's about your family your home about you it doesn't matter he's in love with you lift it up high say man I gotta really really get my word I gotta, I've got to really get in my word I, man I've got to study I've got to really get in my word next thing I want you to do you ready listen get in the nearest aisle do it quick don't even don't hesitate get next if your hand went up get in that nearest aisle quick quick 
Got three minutes. Three minutes. God's got to break some stuff off of you. I'm going to say three. When I get to three, get up here fast as you can. One, two, three, move. Quick. You are not going to have a heart attack. You ain't going to die. You got too much to do. While you're here, you might as well give them some praise. Come up closer. Throw your hands up and give them some praise. Come on. where it starts this is where God captures your mind again this is where God begins to settle you this is where it happens even when you don't have confidence in you the struggle you have really centers around you got to lose the complexes about people and things that's been troubling you so intensely the last six months. It's been years, but the last six months has been really weird. You've been able to find a pause. I'm glad you're here. It's a good pause, but God's calling you into, you're going to watch him peel this stuff off of you. It's going to be quite amazing. You hear me? Lift your hands up. Everybody lift your hands up. You ready? Lift them up. This is that moment. Everybody say that moment. You ready? You ready? You ready? Are you ready? Say these words maybe from your heart. God, there is no one that compares with you. Your administration demands faith. Everything that you have provided everything that you have given it's all because you love me you have a plan for me you have a purpose for me it's greater than my pain suffering issues it's greater than anything and tonight I refocus on that you are in love with me I believe that. No, I believe that. I really believe that. And so right this moment, this very instant, I turn my faith completely and totally to you. You have plans, and they are wonderful plans. You have plans, and they're good plans. You have plans, and they're complete plans plans and my faith is in your plans I'm not going to do it on my own I'm not going to try it on my own I'm partnering with you 
I'm applying faith to your plan. All things, say it again, all things, all things, not some things, but all things work together for my good. Say it again, my good, my good, because you have blessed me to love you. And right now, I rejoice. No more will I whine. You don't even understand whinies. I give you praise now. I give you surrenderance right now. I say yes to you right now. Open up your mouth now and bless them. Open right now. I want y'all to stretch your hand. What's your name, sweetheart? Say it again. Mandy. Mandy. Stretch your hand toward Mandy. Let me let me just tell you what I what I really really sense really strong in my spirit. And I've got to speak to your your household. Okay, I've got to speak to everything concerning you because it's all a part of what's what you're having to deal with. When God turns our faith to Him. We start watching things happen is like really crazy because we're kind of like, oh, God, again, like serious. You know, like, you know, I thought this was over and this is where you've been. You're, you're actually going like, wow, <laughs> I should have known. You understand me when I say that? Well, the Lord is, is wanting you to refocus, put your faith where it belongs. Okay. Any time that you have something in the wrong place, it brings pain. In other words, when you esteem someone where they don't belong, there's a pain there. So what, in order for God to really deal with that pain, you have to be willing to trust his plan for you and where you put people in your life. In other words, you have to allow the Spirit of God to really deal with the deep stuff, not the surface stuff where you just look good and look cute. Hello, it's me. The real deep, deep stuff. The stuff that shaped you inwardly. The stuff that goes back to your childhood. Some deep stuff going on with you that God's got to break from you tonight. Listen to me. He is going to do that. In a few months, you'll look back and you'll say, God, only you. But right now, it's like, again, seriously, it's like you done took steps backwards. But God's going to break this thing off of you tonight. You hear me? It's going to be pretty amazing. So look at me. I need you to listen very close to me. But he's calling you out of stuff, sweetheart. He's really trying to give you the ability to see his plan for you. So, like, you really got to really change some things and who you hang with and who you listen to and who you let speak into your, and, and deposit into your mind. You, you really, I'm serious. It's like there's certain things, even in your texting, you just, forget this. Phone, I don't, don't even call, I, my name, I changed my name, my name Barbara. I mean, whatever. You cannot let them any longer 
say whatever they want to say. You understand? It's very important because in six months, your life is going to be so changed. But there is a plan you have to follow. Okay? God, command this woman, her mind, to be completely freed. You brought her to this ministry for a reason. This is not for a weekend thing. This is a life change forever. Forever. Now, I command her mind. I command her spirit. It belongs to you. That she'll look totally to you, 100%. You'll give her how to place. Change her ability when it comes to placement. And deliver her from this pain, this stuff she's dealing with. Not the surface stuff, the real stuff. Help her to see herself the way you do. In Jesus' name. Lift your hands up, sweetie. Lift them up. Change is coming to you now. Stretch your hand and say, God, I thank you for her. Do you know her? Okay. I'm going to say something to you that is really strange. God's going to begin to deal with you in dreams. It's not going to be the scary stuff you once had. He's going to begin to really deal with you because I saw something going on in your dream life. It's been really weird, even in the atmosphere of your home, really dark. But God's going to break that stuff. And he's going to give you peace, sweetheart. Peace you've not ever had. Not lasting. You're not going to try this. You're going to live this. You hear me? So in Jesus' name, every habit. I wish I had some praying folks now. Woo! Oh! God for your glory. Never the same. Say it with me in faith. Never the same. Say it again. Never the same. You're not going to change pain for pain no more. That's over with. You're not going to afflict or inflict yourself trying to get rid of another pain. So something real strange going on with you. And please forgive me for spending so much time. But I'm telling you, i got to speak directly to the soul issue. There is... I'm telling you, God is going to not just relieve you. Some people come to church just to get a relief. God is going to deliver you. You hear me? Okay. Say hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Shout it. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Lift your hands up one more time. Lift them up high as you can. Like you're under arrest. God, do what you want to do in me. Get a song and sing it real quickly. And I want this congregation to sing this song, whatever it is. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection. Come on, lift your voice. Put your hands together for God, won't you? Amen.
Would you return to your seats for a moment, please? The service will be over here in just a few moments. Um, before that, let me just touch on a couple things. One, if you haven't registered for the conference, would encourage you to do that tonight. All right, registration uh, opens and begins tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Uh, the evening sessions, anybody can come to. The daytime sessions, there's going to be impartation. And uh, all registered folks will receive a prophetic word. And we'll be recording those as this service is recorded. And there's folks online tonight. We're so thankful for that. But you need to register to, tonight for the Saturday daytime sessions. We'll start really at 7 a.m. What time? Except 7 a.m. is at the barn. Everybody say the barn. Come on, look at your neighbor and say 7 a.m. at the barn. All right, that's our new church property. I've asked the Gannons, Mr. and Mrs., Dr. Michael and Michelle Gannon, to minister to us. These guys have a very unique skill set. No, really. No, they really do. Uh, of all the years I've been uh, a part of the church, I've been saved and following after Jesus, I've, I have never seen a prophetic gift for counsel like you have. I've just never seen it. We call it the red dot ministry. Red dot as in laser accuracy. And uh, together, God has put them together, and they're like a hand in a glove now. And... Um, Every Saturday morning, we have a thing called the gate in the well. Now, you don't have to register for that. Just tomorrow, you come, all you early birds. You're up at 4 a.m. anyway. I know some of you. And it's worth getting up early. You set your clock. You get over there. We're going to have a time of prayer as we do, and then we're just going to turn it loose to you guys tomorrow. Anybody can come to that at the where? At the... I can't hear you. Where? The barn. The barn, 7 a.m. Eight o'clock registration begins here. And uh, we'll have lots of preaching in the morning and then in the afternoon, we'll preaching starts at about 9 a.m., have some worship. You'll have three different prophetic words that come, three different preachers tomorrow morning. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Pastor Josh, hallelujah. Looking forward to God using us. Amen. And then uh, we'll have a lunch break. We come back at about 1 o'clock, and then there'll be what we call call-out rooms. And if you're registered, you'll receive a prophetic word from one of these great men of God and the team. Amen. Did you get something tonight? Here's what we're going to do. Ushers, would you assist us? Yeah, go ahead. Put your hands together. Let's go ahead and receive a love offering tonight. Making out a check, make it out to KC. That's good. You don't have to put King's Chapel or King's Cathedral. KC will qualify. You could just use that. Uh, you can use the uh, text to give. You text, if you don't have the app yet, 77977. Text KC Wasilla. And uh, that'll send you a link. You follow the intuitive clicks and fill in the information. And you can use the drop down box on there to give towards the, the guests. And Thank you so much, Bishop Hooks. Amen. What a great word. 
Now, if you've been a part of conferences, what happens is this will ramp up. And by the time Monday comes, the roof peels back. I would to God that Jesus lay hands on all of us. We'll be underneath the pew all jacked up on Monday night. Changed, transformed by the Word of God. Come on, you, you get... I remember my, my coach used to tell me, they said, you, you'll play in the game like you practice. Come on, Pastor Vince, give me an amen. You used to throw the rock around. Like you practice, that's how you're going to play in the game. Now, if you come to play hardball and get... Get everything that you can get from God. You come with a heart of expectancy. I'm telling you, God has got your number. He knows where you're at. He's going to minister to you. It's going to, you know, apply faith. It's going to change your life. Come on, somebody say the gospel. Yeah, you come expecting. You can come early, 8 o'clock. Start praying. All right, you ready? Ushers, would you help us? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I want to learn. I want to. I want to learn that stuff. That was crazy. Lord, hey, can you jump on the keys? Would you jump on the keys? Come on, jump on the keys. Watch out. Come on, let's pray. And then we'll dismiss, y'all go home, you drive safely, but we are going to prophesy over, um, over some of the staff, Pisonis and uh, uh, Minister Pisoni, Minister Capo, Minister Broom. That's it, praise God. And, and their kids, of course, and you be sure to get Heidi on, won't you, all right? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank and praise you for your word as a lamp unto our feet, a light upon our path. And God, we ask that you would bless this offering, God. Multiply it many times over. In Jesus' name, amen.
the mountains and the mountain moves. You can speak to the mountains and the mountain. Come on, speak to the mountains. Can speak to the mountains and the mountain moves. You can speak to the mountain. You got faith the size of a mustard seed. If you got faith the size of a mustard seed, you got faith. Somebody say, I got faith. You can speak to the mountain, and the mountain moves. Come on, speak. Speak to the mountain, and the mountain moves. You can speak to the mountain, and the mountain moves. You can speak to the mountain, and the mountain moves. Come on, speak. Can speak to the mountain, and the mountain moves. Come on, ladies, and speak to the mountain. And the mountain moves. You can speak to the mountain. Don't ever forget it. Put your hands together for Jesus. It's all right to have fun in church. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Listen, if you're not right with God, don't you leave this place. If your sins aren't forgiven, don't you walk out of that door. You need to get right with Jesus. Just pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Come on, all across this place, say with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray. Fill and touch each and every one. Bless them. Lord, cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. Amen. God bless you. Praise God. We'll see you tomorrow morning at the barn, 7 a.m. Right here. If you're not able to make that, 8 o'clock.